tried to approve some comments, and thank you, everybody, for being um, polite about it today um, and yesterday. But, you know, I, we had earlier we had an issue earlier in the, in the week, month, whatever, where someone um, made a comment about a potential pairing in, the gr- in one of the stories having a sex scene, and it was a flash pairing. And the implication the commenter made was that they would hate to see the story ruined by adding a uh, slash sex scene. So it would be great if the author did this, this, and this instead of having this gay sex happen at the end of the story. And, of course, that comment did not get approved. And I emailed the person responsible for that comment, and you can be rest assured that they were informed um, that their homophobia was not welcome on Rough Trade. And here's the thing. Um, there are a lot of readers on Rough Trade that only read het. There are some who really literally only read slash who aren't interested in the het pairings. Whatever the author chooses to write is their prerogative. And you don't have the right to determine their pairing. You don't have the right to determine their content rating. If they want to write no sex, that's fine. If they want to write the filthiest, rimming, foursome, every hole got plug sex, that's fine too. That's their business. We have warnings in place for things that might freak you out, like rape and pedophilia. Or no, pedophilia isn't allowed. Biz, you just have to warn for it. So it might happen. So you need to pay attention to the warnings on Rough Trade cause, because it literally, you know, they're important. We also ask for them to warn for violence and stuff like that. But I am not going to ask the writers on Rough Trade to warn for gay sex um, because you warn for things like rape and murder and child abuse. And I am not going to allow you to make a writer put gay sex on the same standing as rape and murder. So don't ask and don't suggest that they do this or do that to avoid something that you're uncomfortable with. If you're uncomfortable with it, don't fucking read it. I'm not comfortable with sexual violence. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read um, anything with consent issues. I'm I'm just not going to do it. And that's something that I handle personally because that's my business and it is nobody else's business and it isn't the author's problem. Now, when you go into Rough Trade and you're going to write a story with non-con in it, you can bet your ass I'm not going to read it. But I'm not going to be all whiny and bitchy to you about it because that's your story and that's your business. And so readers don't do it because it's never going to work out in your 
in your favor. I got, I assure you, it's it's just not. Um, but anyway, I was <laughs> on enough trade to prove in comments and everything was good and fine. And um, a little balloon at the top told me I had some comments on my own site, and they're from the same person. And sometimes when I get back-to-back comments on a single page, and it is on the same page, um, I don't even want to go click on it because I, I don't know if it's going to be an asshole thing or not. So, you know, I'm like, mm, so I don't want to go read it. But then also, I do want to read it. Wow. Wow, that, you know, sometimes the entitlement is overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Um, <laughs> so this, okay, I have to I have to not go there. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. Okay. So without telling you who this person is, um I checked your bitch box for updates. It still reached twenty eight percent for like the eight week estimate guess. I understand you may need time and I don't want to rush you after all the tortoise. Beat the hair. But if you are stuck and unable to finish, can I know so I can try to find a new fix? You know this is a man. You know this is a man. This is something a man would do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's sexist, but this is what men do. Yeah, that's a wow. And I don't even know what the 28%. I'm I'm guessing it's referring to Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. Um, but I didn't even know I had that on my bitch box, to be perfectly frank. Where is my bitch box? Uh... I'll put something in my bitch box he won't appreciate. Uh, you know, here, <sighs> from the email, it looks like a man. It it does. You know, here's the thing. I uh, I don't even know where my bitch box is. I'm not even sure what's what's uh what's powering that thing. Because I haven't updated, I haven't updated it in a while. Mostly because I've been working on rough trade for the last two months. That's where that eight weeks has been, dude. If you're listening, dude, listen. For the last eight weeks, I have been running a writing challenge on my writing site. That's why I haven't updated. Thank you so much. I saw on Facebook it was National Orgasm Day. I didn't look it up to see if it was actually true. I just accepted it on faith because that's awesome. I still don't know what the fuck I'm using to um, power that bitch box because I'm not seeing it in my um, in my settings. I know it's something special. Oh wait, there it is. The news announcement scroll. Uh, Pendragon stand. It, you know what? Let me go look. Cause I, you know, it might actually be longer than that, but I haven't updated that box because I've been busy for the last eight weeks working on what I've been working on. Yeah, I've written like 500 more words. I should put that down on there. No, fuck you. Fuck that. I'm I'm not going to do it. Here's the thing. Um, You know, my eyebrow's twitching. This is why, see, I knew before I went over here, I, I, 
I wasn't going to be happy. I knew it, didn't I say? Didn't I say before I even clicked on it that I was not going to be happy once I got over here? I knew, I knew. Wow, wow there are three people on on the phone. Um, let me look over here in my little thing, because one of these is probably Kaz. But I always forget which one it is. I see, I see which one's Kaz. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. See, Kaz is like my captive audience because she listens to the, my show through the phone because she's at work. So we're going to click on Kaz for just a minute and say, hey, and see what's up. Is this Kaz? I think it might be Karen. Hello? Karen. This is Karen. Hi. Yes. Oh, see, okay, here's the thing. I had two area codes circled. One was from when you sent me that I am on Facebook that time, remember? <laughs> yes, but that's why I went into the chat. 541 is me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. Uh, so Kaz is the other number that I had circled. Uh, <clears throat> Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, thank God I'm a lot better to, right now than I was the rest of the day. The only reason I'm awake is because I spent most of my day asleep trying to sleep off a migraine. Well, I had a two-hour nap that I'm a little hyper from, you know. (laughs) So is that a good thing or is that a scary thing? I don't know. It is National Orgasm (laughs) Day. (laughs) Well, I thought that was yesterday. Is it yesterday? I can't believe that. Well, I had, yeah. Because that's what was... I got both days covered. Let's put it this way. I... I celebrated both days. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I was like, well, that's interesting to know. Not only is my birthday Harry Potter's birthday, but apparently it's National Orgasm Day. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. Okay, original Tempest just tried to stop the train. Dude, we're on a train. There's no stopping the train. He's like, wait, wait, no, wait, no, we're on a train. You're on... We're not waiting for the train. We're actually on the train. Okay. Um, It's out of the station, dude. It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) So did you call to listen, or? Uh, Well, you were, actually, I called in response to what you were saying, which is a dude. I'm not so sure. Well, the email address looks like a dude. Uh, Maybe, because I've had those kinds of emails myself, and they were most definitely not dudes. (laughs) Or if they were, they're very damn good at taking being a woman. (laughs) (laughs) What what I think people don't realize is that that people, is that, you know, the, the prep work, for Rough Trade and the challenge that we just run was huge. Mm-hmm. There were 68 projects on Rough Trade, and our final word count for let me go over and look for the challenge was like 700,000 words, something like that. 740. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down somewhere. That's kind of scary that we managed to get close to like a million. And there, people have been posting their epilogues and stuff and their part sevens after the challenge was over. And right now mm-hmm. we're at 770,000 words for the month of July. That is insane and, and awesome. I know. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. But running a challenge that size is, is crazy. It is a mm-hmm. big endeavor. So, yes, um, everything else that I was working on took a back seat 
as far as my hobby uh-huh. goes because working on Rough Trade started five weeks before the first author posted on the site the first yeah. day. I mean, there's a, there's you know, a reason you say I, I take everything down the month before because, um, hello, it takes that long to get organized. Right, because I have to, um, because not only did I have to prep for the challenge, I had to clean the challenge off for April. Mm-hmm. So I had to clean tags. I spent I spent three days cleaning out the media file alone. That That yeah. took three days because every author in April had like, we had over, we had ten pages of um, images to go through. And I had to go through them manually because if I do a mass delete, I will delete people's avatars because they all go in the same spot. Oh boy, that's not a very important thing for WordPress. Right now, for, <coughs> fortunately, they're sorted by month. So what I do is, since I've already sorted through um, April, when I get ready to do it to, to clear it off for July, I can start with May first and work my way down. And mm-hmm. you know that way I don't have to go through the entire media archive, which would be ridiculous. And then after I do that, I have to clean out the tag section and the category section. And then I have to put the categories for the next challenge in. That's a manual process. It can't be done automated. Um, and the mm-hmm. authors don't do that. That that happens in the background before they ever um, get it's ready to post. The author is going to be a big fucking mess. It's going to be a big fucking mess because they're going to misspell it once and have three different categories for the same story, and they won't use the same category. And, you know, I have the hardest time getting them to use their fucking tags so that their little uh, post archive will work. And I had, Mm -hmm. you know, now there were 69 projects, but only about 40 authors. So 40 people, 40 different people with different levels of ability. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I have one author, and I love her. I'm a, I'm I'm going to preface that. I, Chris, you're my girl. <laughs> I love you all the way down to the bottoms of your kinky feet. But this woman <laughs> checked off project files on every single one of her story posts after I repeatedly asked everybody not to. Yeah. So I would have to go behind her the whole month and uncheck it. She wasn't the only one who did it. She was the only one who did it every time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, mean, I, I, I didn't get mad, you know, because a lot of times I had one person coming into the challenge who didn't know the difference between the tags and the catalog, and they kept getting them confused. So they would put, mm-hmm. like, their fandom and their title in the tag section and then only click, like, their title in the catalog section. And so... Yeah. At least you know, if so the person not, makes the mistake consistently, it's one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's easier to go fix it because they do the same thing over and over and over again. Well, it also but, means you know, that it, it's a genuine not getting it rather than Right, and it's not just them being an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Just putting in 50 um, tags because they can. Now, here's what happens. When you use a tag other than your fandom, your your title. You're supposed to use your mm-hmm. title because if you used your fandom, everybody in your fandom who used the fandom would show up in your post archive. So if I used fandom thing. in the tags and you used fandom in the tags and we were in the same fandom, all of my story posts would show up in your archive. 
And vice versa. And vice versa, which is why you can only use your title, and your title has to be mm-hmm. unique, and you have to use the same title the same way every single time because it keeps your post archive together and all your posts together so your readers – because the site is big, and there's really no other way to organize it where you can do that. And the, actually, having that post archive is really cool because you don't have to go back and edit your project file every time you post a part. Yes. It's automatic, you know. And then you yes. can also put and it at I the bottom that. of your story. Yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, so – but so we had all these people on Rift Trade who had different levels of technology um, mm-hmm. and information and ability and very good. And um, <coughs> sorry. And so we had that coming into it, and then you know just the actual act of writing, because uh, not only were I was I doing all of this, we um, there were there have been to date. On Rough Trade, 9,259 comments. While you guys were writing, I was writing, I was approving comments. I approved most of them. Lady Holder helped approve. So she was writing, and she was doing comments, because Mm -hmm. a lot of the writers don't want to see their comments, and I don't blame them because there was assholes. There were a few assholes who don't pay attention, and and that happens. And I was lenient this this time because of the new policy of the members only, but that leniency is going to go away. Yeah. There's there's going to come a moment when, okay, you know what, dude, you're not actually paying attention to our rules, so you can't be a part of a trade anymore, and I'm going to kick you out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. So anyways, so while I was monitoring your uploads, I was checking your tags every day, checking your catalogs every day. I was reading comments, and I was writing. I wrote 30K during the month of July. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite done. Which is impressive. But, you know, to do all that, so, yeah, dude, um, I was a little busy the last eight weeks. <laughs> You can I kiss my very, surprised if there was very attractive and quite pink ass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Anyways, Karen, um, are you gonna? Uh, I need to switch to the next person. I want to talk to Cass. And um, mm-hmm. are you gonna be on hold or are you gonna go? Sure. Okay. Okay. Click. Cass. Hello. <laughs> you knew I was going to get it wrong when, when I said it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it was 50-50 chance. Pause, pause. Azure, fuck you. I'm everybody's type. I transcend orientation <laughs> and gender. What? What? Okay, so Kaz. Hello. How are you tonight? I'm okay. How is work? Uh, it's work. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, I've been addicted to this one Harry Potter story, um, life cycle series, and I have not been sleeping, so I'm wore out. <laughs> that happens. That happens. Sometimes you get sucked in. Now, that's a Hermione Snape one, right? Uh, yeah. That's one I was mentioning on... Uh, Minion headquarters. I mean, I finally got to the sequel. The son of a bitch is over 600k. <laughs> and I just this is what happens this. when you let an author like J.K. Rowling impact 
young authors, they feel like they too can write giant ass books. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I don't give a crap because I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I'm like, you know, I'm reading and, you know, all of a sudden I have a dog bugging me and I'm like, oh, come on, I just took you out. I look at the clock and I'm like, fuck, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I need to get to sleep. Because <laughs> usually I'm out and I try to be asleep by 11 o'clock at the latest. Here I'm wake uh, staying up until one two o'clock, and I got to get up. It's five six o'clock. You know, to yeah, to go to work, animals. right? Well, I yeah. don't have to be at work until like you know almost eleven. But the dogs, I, I get them fed, walked. You know, proper time yeah. to wake up because I am not an easy person to wake up. Uh, in my family, I have a rule: don't speak to me for, to the, for the first two hours. You know, that's how long it takes me to wake up until the coffee kicks in. Oh, if people had to wait for my caffeine buzz to kick in, it'd be four or five hours. Well, that's just for the first cup, you know, because, well, I love my family dearly, but most of them are assholes. And, you know, somebody starts out the day bitching at me, I'm like, go away before I kill you with my brain. It you know? was a day so. for asshole relatives. Carrie had an assholery experience with her sister. I, I was reading it on um, Facebook today. Uh, yeah, your sister is, she gets a gold star in assholery. Gold <laughs> star. Um, my sister, oh, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay, so <laughs> my sister's got four kids. Um, and, well, five kids. <laughs> they're hard to keep they're, they're track of. Most of the time, you end up. They're, most of the time, you end up going, "Hey, you," because you can't remember all their names. There are five kids. There, there are four kids in the house now. So, because I kind of don't think of the oldest one as a kid anymore, because you know he's he's grown, so he's not a kid. Um. Anyways, I am painting the girls' nails today. And the mm-hmm. first day of school is coming up, and they were trying to decide which day was the most important day um, coming into this, this week of, of new school stuff. And um, the oldest one said that the first day was the most important, and the middle one said the second day was the most important, and the youngest one agreed with her. And I asked them, and now let's see, I opened this can. I opened this can of worms. I asked them. <laughs> Why is the first day the most important? And the oldest one said, because that's when you pick out your boy. God. And the middle one popped up and said, and the second day is when you get your boy. So I said, let me get this straight, girls. The first day, you pick out your prey. And the littlest one, who just turned six, Said, and on day two, you call them from the herd. And I went, what? <laughs> These girls are six, eight, and ten. Oh, my God. Okay, they I called my sister. <laughs> I called my sister on the way home, and I said, you will not believe what your daughters told me today. And she said, did, she t- did they tell you their plan? I said, plan? She goes, yeah, for the boy. I was like, yeah, yeah, they they told me their boy plan. I said, what are you going to do about them? She says, I'm taking chastity belts. I don't even know. Yeah, I was lucky with my oldest niece. She didn't, She's six. Uh, started, 
a male with me, she didn't get interested in, uh, in boys in that way until she was 16, and then she turned into a moron. Because uh, yeah, she threw away school, she dropped out of school because of a boy. And she was, um, oh, well. was about to get her, yeah, she was about to get early acceptance and all that crap. And mm. so she just threw it all the way. <laughs> and her younger sister, I don't know what's up with that child. She's just not interested in guys. She thinks they're pretty, but she's not interested in dating them. That's okay. good. Well, she yeah, gets there eventually. Okay, I have a young cousin um, who just turned 15. And um, she's the daughter of my cousin. I have cousins who have kids this age right now. Okay, yeah, because mm-hmm. anyways, I would too if I could, could actually have children. Anyways, um, she calls me and she says, I need you to give, what name can I give her? Um, Baby Poop. <laughs> Betty, we're going to call her Betty. I need you to come give Betty the sex talk. I was like, what? She says, now I've told her the mechanics and I've, got her birth control, and I bought her condoms just in case, just to be safe, because I don't want to be stupid. I'd rather have a sexually active, safe daughter than a 15-year-old pregnant daughter. And I'm like, I totally agree with that. We're on the same page. Now, what do you want me to tell her about sex? She says, I I just want you to talk to her about it, because you're the most modern woman in our family when it comes to that, and I want you to talk to her about it. I said, okay, I'll come over there. (laughs) So I go so over there. Step, you stepped in it, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> I sat down. I sat down in the kitchen, and my her her mom made me a coffee. She makes awesome coffee. She has this whole big, awesome, huge espresso machine. It's fantastic. And I sit down, and Betty's sitting there, and she's all she's all sullen, and because she doesn't want to participate in this. She's fifteen, right? And yeah. of course, an audience has gathered for this. There are quite a few women my age and then a couple of girls her age because my cousin spread it around. So, of course, now I've got three 15, 16-year-old girls sitting here, <laughs> Betty in the middle, being terribly sullen. And I was staring at him and I said, you know what? Dick makes you crazy. And all three of them sat right up in their chairs. I said, don't get me wrong. Men are awesome. And sex is fantastic, and if you get one that knows what he's doing, he can make you crawl a wall, and it will be great, and it will be awesome, and you'll want to get on it and ride it every fucking day, but it's going to drive you crazy. See, I wish my mother would give me a talk <laughs> like that. <laughs> My cousin, her mouth is hanging open, right? And I said, now, I said, now we can talk about respecting yourself and respecting your partner and not talking about um, your intimate details with other people. I said, but you know what it boils down to? The only secret you have is a secret you tell no one. So when you have sex with a boy and you... Put your faith in him and your trust in him that he's not going to tell anybody what happens between you. You're an idiot. So it's not so much do you trust this person for sex. Because if you get to the point where you're thinking about having sex with somebody, you've already made that decision. Now you have to make another decision. Do you trust them to respect you 
after they fuck you. Yeah, that's pretty damn good talk. <laughs> I know. I was really proud of myself. And so we went on and on, and they asked some very explicit questions that made their mothers really uncomfortable. And I answered them. And one, you know, was talking about, um, she asked, because her boyfriend had said, you know, that he was perfectly okay, you know, waiting for vaginal sex. But he was interested to know if she was interested in anal sex. And I said, anal sex is good and fine, but there's a couple of things you got to keep in mind. Number one, lubrication is super important. And her mom, at this point, has turned around and buried her face in the wall. I said, number two, he has to be super careful because the rectum is not as um, stretchy as the vagina. So he can't be all in there owning it like he would if you guys were having vaginal sex and it's more of an in and out instead of an in and around and you know I was I had some hand gestures going on and her mom's like oh my god I'm gonna have to leave I was like just sit down you need this you obviously need this too I said so you know and you ought to be careful because if he tears you you're gonna have to go to the doctor and explain to them that you had anal sex I said so that's another thing not only are you exposing yourself sexually to this person you're going to have sex with? But if something fucked up happens while you're having sex and you get hurt or something gets torn, you're going to have to go to the doctor and explain to your doctor how this happened. These okay, are things you, need to write a book on you, have, this. you have to do when you're an adult. Because having sex is an adult decision. So once you start having sex with somebody, you're going to have to be aware that you're not just having sex with that person. You're going to be discussing the sex you have with your doctor. And he is probably going to be discussing the sex you have with everybody he knows. Oh, Lordy. And then her mom says, oh, my God, coffee isn't enough. Someone make me a margarita. So they got drunk. (laughs) The mom got drunk. And I had to yeah. drink coffee because I drove myself. It was it was terrible. Yeah, my my talk with my niece, uh, that one that's about to turn 18, it was so much simpler. <laughs> she's like, I'm not interested. Oh, bless like, her heart. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's almost 18. We watched a movie. This tells you her frame of mind about sex and everything. We watched Bad Kids Go to Hell. I forgot that there was a sex scene in it. And she's like, oh, my God. You did not warn me. She's covering her eyes. And she says, fast forward it. And, you know, she's 17. I was like, I was looking at her like, are you kidding me? Are you, are you, has it crossed your mind that maybe she's asexual? That's what I'm thinking. And, um, because, you know, I asked her, you know, have you? She says, no, and I don't want to. But she has a lot of guy friends. She has, you know. She has female friends, gay friends. You know, she's happy with the whole mix, but she's not interested. And I have a friend. Like, I had a friend I went to school with, and she was a virgin all through high school and all through college. And she uh, she told me once, she said, you know, I'm, I'm not remotely interested in having sex with anybody, but I don't want to be alone. So eventually I'm going to have to pick out some man or some woman and, and and be with them and have sex with them. And it's not because I, I want it, but, but but because I want companionship and connection and I want to get married. And she said, and I think I might want a baby, but in order to have a baby, I have to. I said, well, you can always do artificial insemination. She says, well, yeah, but then you know, I have to marry someone, right? And I was like, not necessarily. So my friend 
has two kids through artificial insemination, and she's never had sex with anybody. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah. She, um, cause, you know, because cause her mom convinced her that she had to have a relationship, that she had to, um, that she was going to be alone, and, and she wanted, and she wouldn't have a happy life, and she had to do this, and she had to do that. And, um, um, but she has a wide circle of friends. She has two great kids, and she's just not remotely interested in having somebody else touch her. And she she said, you know, my mom's under the impression that I've never had an orgasm. I was like, well, I haven't made any assumptions. Have you? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I masturbate a couple times a week. I just don't want anybody else's stuff on my stuff. I'm like, well, that's your stuff, and you're entitled to keep your stuff to yourself. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I told her, it's like, you know, if if you ever become interested in it, it's going to happen when you're ready. And I told her, it's like, there's no, there's no race to it. And, you know, like, when I was that age, I was actually terrified of even the prospect of it. You know, I was a virgin until I was almost 18. And... Everybody's like, well, you got to have a guy. you got to have a guy. And no, you don't. I was terrified. I'm going to tell you, girls out there, girls, people who who are listening, you don't need a sexual partner. It's yeah, not a it took me a long time. It took me a long time to get that in my head, you know. And people are always asking me, oh, do you have a boyfriend? I was like, not interested. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, they figure, you know. They figure out that, you know, I'm gay, and I'm like, I don't have anybody, you know. I, I'm perfectly happy without somebody right now. I have, you know, a bunch of pets. Oh, God, I'm turning into the cat lady. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've not been on topic all night, so I'm going to put us what on topic. What is the topic? The, the, the topic is fiction tropes um, and cliches, and I did fiction because um, they're not just common in – fandom, they're common across the board because every... Yeah, I was about that with the, because um, she just got, started watching Farscape, and mm-hmm. uh, I was telling her about how they turn, you know, typical sci-fi tropes on their head, and she's like, what do you mean by tropes? I keep seeing that, and, you know, explain it's something that you typically see within a genre, and, you know, like time travel or body switching or something like that. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, because Stargate did it. They did body switching. They did time travel. Uh, They did, um, but, you know, the thing is, is is it's not just common in fandom. Yeah. One of the biggest biggest tropes in romance fiction in the 80s was secret babies. Oh, I had your baby, but I didn't want to hold you back. Oh, hell, that was um, a heart song, too. I know, right? <laughs> oh, all I want to do is make love to you. But, um. Or, or you know what, the millionaire in the secondary. And unfortunately, I, th- I think that's going to make a comeback because of that Fifty Shades of Grey. Because he's oh, all millionaire God. and she's all nothing. And Anyway, you know, so that that's a common romance trope as well. Um, the cop neighbor who saves you, that's a big romance trope. Uh I've the, never. Uh, I, I, I take it back. I have read uh, read one romance novel, and it was a Civil War one. 
Oh, I, I love romance novels. Um, I love um, romance. I write romance, and uh, this 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 brings me to something that uh, original Tempest uh, said in Facebook that he couldn't participate in one of these personality things because he didn't read romance. He, he didn't read any of the collections for the first question. And the first question had like, "What kind of books do you read?" And one of them, um, it, I, I forget what the answers were, but one of them was romance. And um, I told him that he could actually claim that he reads romance so he could take the quiz because I write romance and everything that – practically everything I've written on my site is romance, everything. Yeah, um, true. But romance novels get a bad rep. Yeah. They're, uh, they're treated as uh, a trashy part of commercial fiction. And it's ugly because – Romance is um, like sixty or seventy percent of the fiction market. Yeah, I think the first actual novel I read was um, Pet Cemetery, and I think it was eight, and that pretty much sealed it for me. You know, my favorite genre for a very long time, and yeah, I. I Stop I'm with reading. Karen on this. Like, Karen says, oh, dear God, Cass. For real, you read Stephen King at eight? Yeah, I tried to read uh, Disturb Not the Dream. I can't remember the author's name, but when it comes to the part about disemboweled kittens, I had to stop. Um, and so I, I went to my aunt, and I was like, yeah, I was crying. She said, what's wrong? And I told her, she says, here, have this book. And she handed me Pet Cemetery. My mother was livid. My dad was like, I want to see how she reacts. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, and yeah, I was uh, chewing up Stephen King like crazy. You know, eight nine years old, and but my mother was very adamant about me not taking my books to school. She said, "Take your Nancy Drew." I said, "But they're boring now." (laughs) They're very boring. I read my first Stephen King at. I was an adult. I read Misery. Oh, God, I, I was telling... Uh, I had a writer I, say, if you don't read any other Stephen King book ever, you have to read Misery. Okay, I was dating this guy when I was in Job Corps. We went and saw the movie Misery, and I was telling Karen the story, I think. And we're sitting there, and we're watching it, and you know, the woman starts her thing with the author, and somebody screams out, Kick Cass out of there before you just damn movie gets her ideas. <laughs> I, I had, just to make the boy scream or squeal and run away, I um, had come up with tortures for men. Like, you know, 100 penny nails in the balls. Glass, <laughs> uh, glass tube super glued into their dick and um, broken up. Broken up and you're terrible. Like you're terrible. You're making my theoretical dick twitch. And I don't even, stop. Pause. <laughs> for you, but that's the kind torture. of thing. That's the kind of thing that I came up with back then. Just them watch them squirm because I giggled my ass off because they were like rolling on the ground and holding themselves like I haven't even touched you yet. Quit crying. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't approve of dick torture um, because even when I'm really upset with my husband, his dick's still useful. Oh, I came up with it just to mess with these boys because they um, they thought they were the be all end all, you know. And that's a problem with it. young men. They get over it. Well, they um, well they hated it, that I was a female in diesel mechanics. I could uh, 
throw, throw them over my shoulder and, you know, slam them on the ground like they were sacks of potatoes. And I was dating one of the cutest boys in the place. <laughs> so they were like, how can you be a girly girl and still do this guy stuff? I was like, because I'm fucking amazing. <laughs> and they're like, no, you're not. I was like, prove it. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking amazing. Okay, I'm yeah. going to put you on hold. I'm going to remember your number, right. so I won't hang up on you by accident. Enjoy your night at work. Alrighty. So, fiction tropes. One of the um, biggest uh, fiction tropes in fandom recently, I think, has been um, soulmate bonds. I see them a lot, so we're going to do that for Rough Trade in October. We have the names on the wrist. There's magic when they touch. There's magic when they kiss. There's a red string tied around their pinky. I read that on um, with an Avengers one, and it was awesome. The countdown. Oh, November, yes, not not October, November. October is when I'll be prepping for the challenge, so that's kind of when it starts in my head because I'll have to have all that work done before November so you guys can, can do the writing. The, the soul marks are really interesting. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be a, a big challenge information thing written for the challenge before sign-ups so that you'll know what you're getting into and how much it has to be a part of your story. It can be original fiction or any fandom that you would like. Um, It will probably be categorized by your title. And if we have original fiction and fan fiction, um, I'll probably have categories for those too. But I'm not sure I'm going to list all the fandoms if you guys go crazy. Because I can't have 30 or 40 fandoms up there. That would be ridiculous. 30 or 40 fandoms in one entry each. So, no, that's not. We'll just, we'll just have to play it by ear as, um, as far as organization goes. But you can do um, anything you want as far as that goes. Lady Holder. Kira. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, listening, actually. I, I'm enjoying the show and occasionally... Um, Firing something. Hello, Chris. And yeah, it's um, fandom tropes are interesting just because uh, you never quite know how horrifically bad somebody's going to um, handle them. Um, the one that you haven't mentioned, hello all, uh, since the the chat room is saying hello to me. There's um, mm. there's the the um, one that shows up in actual romance novels. Uh, across the board, and then, you know, also, frankly, it shows up in a lot of different um, ones that I mentioned on the chat room, which is, you know, the magical healing cock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can make you feel so much better with my dick. Yes. The the one that I also uh, commented on was, you know, you've got a character who who, um, displays all the characteristics of being asexual and they meet one person and all of a sudden they're hot to trot for this one person and, you know, that's their, their, they're going to take that cock for a ride. And meanwhile, they, you know, 10 minutes beforehand, not a damn thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you've been traumatized. Let me fuck you. It will be great. You'll feel so much better. Yes, my oh, your mom died. 
Let, yes. let me fuck you. You'll feel better. Uh-huh. All your friends died 70 years in the past and you got frozen in ice? Let me fuck you. You'll feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the future, Captain America. Here is my dick. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, we can probably find you one. Willow could, I, I know Willow could find this one. But, you know, yeah. Um, let's see. There's. It was also mentioned earlier um, the the super strong manly sentinel and his little wishy guide. You know, can't forget that one. Um, oh my God, Carrie! Carrie, I just oh, saw something so in the chat room that cannot be unseen. I I think I'm afraid to page up. I'm paging up. Oh, Yacht! <gasps> Ew! Ick! I don't know what's worse, the Voldemort part or the Dudley part. I think it's both. That just, uh, that's just beyond the pale. Who in so the So first we have Dark Lord rape, and then we have Cousin Incest on top of it. That's fantastic. For those that's who are not in the chat room, for the sake of the podcast, Carrie says... I offered a baby for someone I didn't know well, and she had Voldy rape Harry. Wait, you guys stop chatting. <laughs> it made me go up. But I lost it. Shit. Um, rape Harry and then had Dudley. Damn it. <laughs> Every time one of you does it. Okay, and then Dudley have magic healing cock. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. That pause on the arrow cock. thing doesn't actually work for me, so I can't do that. Some, yes, now, it's, it's, there's an option on the chat room to pause to scroll with the arrow. That arrow doesn't work for me. In fact, it locks my chat up, and, and I can't do anything. It's terrible. Anyway, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, I think you know, that's actually a good point to make. When you're writing something that's going to be kind of um, horrific, has the potential to be controversial, or, or 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 horrific. It's it's nice to warn your beta in advance before you send it because they might not want to read it. Uh huh. There comes a point where you got to remember that somebody's got to read this, and if they're if they're not able to read it without having problems, that might be a clue. Um. Oh Jesus, Carrie. Carrie continues and says, I told her I wouldn't finish baiting and ended up having to change my email address for her to stop pounding me to read that, to read it. That's just, that's just ridiculous. That reminds um, me of that person who sent me that story to read. Okay, there was this person, and I actually put this on my live journal, and they sent me um, a story to read, and eight hours, at, I was asleep when the email came in, and eight hours after that, they sent me an email asking for an update on when I was going to read their story. Now, I want to I want to tell you, I want to let you know, at no point did I actually volunteer to read this person's story. Mm-hmm. Not only are they harassing me for a beta, they're harassing me for a beta I didn't agree to do. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. And though there were like four or five emails from this person all in a 24-hour period asking for me to return their story with a beta already done. I never even you know, opened the file. Wow. 
That's slightly more than ridiculous. Oh. It's just turning into fandom yeah. bitching, just outright. Okay, but no, mm-hmm. um, there are there are lots of fan fiction tropes, and I and I think they're popular because they speak to us in one way or another, whether it's the Alpha mm-hmm. Omega or the Soulmate or. The aliens made them do it, or that was always a fun mm-hmm. one for me. I, I love to read yes. the aliens make them do it, as long as it doesn't come off, you know, non-con and creepy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, the one true bond. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. always fun. I uh, I like in Stargate. That whole mm-hmm. ancients are stupid trope because because oh, yeah. <laughs> they're always leaving well, behind dumbass things that are going to kill canon. people. I mean, yeah, because the, see, Stargate started it with the head grabber. Oh my god! The ancients god. are super stupid, careless with their stuff, and so it kind of becomes this this huge trope in fandom where mm-hmm. the ancients were assholes. This is, I mean. Chris is right. The ancients were assholes. Vulcan auxiliary uterus. Yes, that that one is fun. <laughs> oh, my favorite fandom trope of Star Trek is the double wrist penis. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. Duranda. That's right, Willow. Duranda is a huge kind oh, of yeah. um, focal point in Stargate because so much mm-hmm. happens around that, in it, around it, after it, before it, that it's like mm-hmm. this like this uh, sinkhole in the fandom. The only thing bigger, I think, in Stargate fa- um, fiction would be the don't ask, don't tell fix because, mm-hmm. hello, you know. Yeah. It's got, well, it's got a legitimate thing given what it is. Um, yeah, it's a variant of the magical cock, cock yes. The, the double ridge penis for the Vulcans is a, is a variation on the magical cock um, uh, trope, and, and it's right. Let's see. Um, hmm. There's, you know, another trope, if you're looking at the Vulcans, is their body temperature. For the most part, yeah. we were told they run hot. Yeah. But they actually probably run cold. Truth be known. Um, given, given that they're copper-blooded and from what I remember... They come from a desert home, planet. Were, yes, and they were saying something about they only reluctantly um, separated from the nearest animal, uh, whatever the hell it was that was you know, pre-Vulcan. So, yeah, they... they I don't know. The closest to him is probably, you know, going to frankly be a lizard. What what happens in a situation like this? Lucas says that they run cold according to one of the authorized books from way back in. That's true. But what mm-hmm. happens is that you have a situation where a fanon develops, and that fanon mm-hmm. becomes so prevalent that when you step back from it as an author and try to do something different, it makes people in the fandom flip their shit. Mm-hmm. Are you, oh, you can't do that. No, that, that's that, that's not how that works. That's just yep. like I can't We've say her name. Yahora, Yahora, Uhura, Uhura, doesn't actually have, didn't actually have a first name in canon until the new Star Trek movies. 
Uh, Natoya? Yes, she did. Not in canon. The books aren't canon. Okay. She, and actually, Natoya is a fan in creation. The fans named her that in the 70s, and the writers picked it up and used it. But she didn't originally have a first name. Not in the series. In the book, she did. Not in the original series, no. And in the oh, book, there are several books where I think she has a different name because there was no established canon for her name. Uh, um, and her name is actually Fanon. It became Fanon. A lot of writers started using it, and it started showing up in the books, and then it ended up in the movies. Yes, and so now we have Natoya Uhura, which, you know, Phantom for the win. But it yes, isn't the Chris. first time that fandom has actually influenced Star Trek. I mean, because that, no. that happens a lot in, in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were actually fan-written episodes in the original series and in The Next Generation. Does not surprise me at all. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> wow. Um Chris, okay, Chris that's actually a big that, one in Harry Potter is love potions is a big uh, trope in Harry Potter. Uh, love potions, bonding fix, Vila. Vila is huge in um, Harry Potter. Uh, independent Harry who goes and buys all of his stuff. Because I think the biggest trope in Harry Potter is that Harry Potter gets independence and then Harry Potter buys himself some clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that's because we all hate him in Dudley's outfits. <laughs> because we all know he didn't get any. He had nothing, mm-hmm. so he had to have stuff. So every author does it. I do it. I did it. Um, yes, I did it in Birth of the Serpent King, but he had a personal shopper. But, yeah, mm-hmm. he got stuff. He got stuff because he didn't have any stuff, and everybody needs stuff. So that's, like, the biggest yeah. thing in Harry Potter is getting Harry Potter stuff. Another now, yeah, is- care- Okay. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say um, that the making Harry's family to be, you know, in the nobility. We don't have any right. proof of that in the actual, um, you know, uh, books themselves. All we have is that Harry's family are, are famous because of the sacrifice that his parents um, put there's, forth. There's one line, and I believe. I want to say it's in um, Order of the Phoenix, I could be wrong, um, where Sirius says sarcastically that his mother referred to his family as the ancient and noble House of Black. And that's where that started. That's the only, that's the only thing. It's not actually him saying that his family is noble or that he's titled, but that, that his mom was putting on airs and, and, and being a snot. <laughs> Well, well Bergia was a bit was more than a bit of a bitch. <clears throat> I like to I want a writer where she's actually been cursed and um she's actually you know, she's a real asshole, but she's not that kind of asshole. Just you know, just evil. Just, you know, and she could be like Harry's uh Harry's planner and his com- you know what would be awesome? I wanna write a fic where Harry's in his cupboard and all of a sudden creature creature is it is it creature sure. or creature? Creature, creature, creature shows up with her portrait and puts it on the wall oh, in the cupboard. Jesus! And 
<laughs> and she oh, raises her, him yeah. her she raises him herself <laughs> from her oh. crazy portrait. So by the time he gets damn. to Hogwarts, he thinks Dumbledore is the devil. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> but then she's not like mad crazy. She's just like she was cursed and then um when she died, when her portrait worked, woke up, the, the curse was gone. And as far as she's concerned, Harry is her only grandchild. So she goes to be with him in the portrait. Oh. And she teaches him everything, like pure blood manners and etiquette and magic. And she has creature cursed the shit out of the Dursleys. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a creature cursed. <laughs> it would be so much fun. Oh, my God. Oh, damn. <laughs> I got myself all amused. It was supposed to be great. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, and quite honestly, um, the, the, dear God, can you imagine what, what, uh, what Draco would do with his snotty ways and, and Harry being raised by Welbergia to be, you know, of the ancient and noble house of looking at this kid going, the fuck? You could actually really? say be a little bit more cunning. He could still get sorted in the Gryffindor because that would be their cover. <laughs> She's oh, like, okay, honey, God. we don't want Dumbledore to know what you really are, so you need to get into Gryffindor. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think that's a true Slytherin. A true Slytherin is a Slytherin who gets sorted into a different house than Slytherin. <laughs> oh. You know, from... from Be a snake um, among the lions. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Some, something tells me that there's going to be... You're right, Chris. Draco would have the biggest crush on him. It would be horrible. <laughs> He'd be buying him candy and Hogsmeade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Writing his mother, can you send me some candy? I have to give it to Harry. Yes. <laughs> he won't speak to me. I have to give him a gift. <laughs> I found the cutest boy. I need to get him a gift. Mom, can you get me some can- some, some money for candy? Mm-hmm. Actually, forget it. I don't want candy from Honey Just It's all so sleeping. Can you go to Paris and get me the really good chocolate from the really good shop? <laughs> yes. Yes. And Harry could be like Draco could try to be his friend, and he would be like, "I think you're going to have to make some serious overtures to rectify your inappropriate behavior from earlier." <laughs> and you know, um, it's, it, Ron, dear God, the first time Ron belches in front of him. The look Harry will give him. Oh, boy. Yes. Well, it kind of reminds me of that really awesome fic on Rough Trade this time where basically mm-hmm. Petunia ruled the world with good manners. Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> I thought I put this plot bunny in the bunny farm. Um <clears throat> Fan Arts made a group on uh, Facebook for bunnies, for plot bunnies, and you can go put your plot bunny on there, and if someone adopts it, so maybe someone will write your story for you, and it would be really cool. (coughs) If you want to be a part of it, put a little note in Minion Headquarters, and she'll find you just um, 
Tagger, it's Marley Slash in the in the, in the minion group, and she will uh, add you to the bunny farm if you meet her, if you meet her high standards, <laughs> which I think is just being okay. a member of Minion headquarters. <laughs> That's a distinct possibility. <laughs> so, but yeah, so is that yeah that just amuses me the the, the idea of of creature and. Um, Wahlberger raising yeah. Harry um, to be just the just the most proper and terrible and just, oh. just but you know what he'd also just be dark as fuck too <laughs> because he he because you know he'd be one of those you know magic is magic it's your intent that matters and I don't actually intend you too mm-hmm. much harm. <laughs> I'll use all my so, my powers for good, my version of it at least. So let's just walk on the assumption that I'm more gray than light. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, that one actually was really interesting. Especially if you know, I remember you saying the first time you did the Harry Potter universe that you stuffed every trope you could get your fingers on into. I certainly tried. That thing. Yes. So this would actually be a really interesting one. Um, and there's people here who are really hoping that I guess you would you would uh, go to town on this. Can you imagine what Sirius would do? Oh, there, see, there's a comment the coming up from Missouri. No, here's what you have to worry about. It's not what Sirius would do. It's actually what Harry Creature and Wahlberger would do when they find out that Sirius was in jail and he was innocent. Oh. Yeah, that's what you need to worry about. Because this one, she won't be cursed. So she's not going to hate her son. In fact, her loyalty to her son is why she went to Harry to begin with. So when they find out he went to jail without a trial, oh, God help everyone. (laughs) It's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. You know, and and there's there's also um, he's been ra- if if you're doing the ancient and noble house routines, um, he's been raised to be um, he's been raised in the traditions. He knows what should be his, and you know um, if if Dumbledore is his um, magical wait, wait, guardian at this point. Are you hearing a beeping? No. Okay, I'm 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 hearing a little beeping. Are you guys hearing a beeping on the radio broadcast? Uh, we've got our first no. Okay, good. Okay, I'm, I'm hearing so a beeping. Might... I, I wonder what that is. Your headset. I hope I I I've been charging it all day and it's brand new. It better not be. <clears throat> I'm gonna pick up my yeah. regular phone and put it on. Um, I'm gonna turn it on and I'm gonna mute it, just in case, okay. so you guys won't um. Okay, that way I won't lose if if my headset goes dead I won't lose the uh um the podcast. Good idea. Podcast. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, you've got Harry then who is is well and truly aware of it. You've got Dumbledore who was supposedly his magical guardian. And if Dumbles isn't, you know, at the at the various milestones, 
um, you know, uh, what, say, 12, uh, the first year, successful year at Hogwarts, you get your, uh, your, sign, your, your ring that shows that you are heir of or whatever. And, and so that's, that, that's strike one. That's strike one. Yes. Because Harry so doesn't get it from the Potter house or the Black house. And he's like, well, okay, strike one. And so they're, they're waiting and, for him to make all these mistakes so that mm-hmm. when he turns 14, but, mm-hmm. he can say that due to neglect of his regent, he can take control of his estates as the exactly. Lord. See? Mm-hmm. We got this shit already planned out. This is what happens when we're on the phone together all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the greatest thing on the phone. If I didn't want to spoil you guys for the storyline, I would bring up book five. And then you can listen to us talk <laughs> that thing again. We have plotted book five of the Lantean Legacy series on the phone like 15 times. Uh, Never mind the fact that I haven't actually written book two yet, and I have to write, rewrite book three, and book four is half done. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And, you know, there, there's always the, the oh-so-lovely thing that we've, we've been doing recently, which is talking around things on beautiful and dangerous things. Yeah. Yeah. What other ones can we talk around? Because we haven't talked about stuff recently. We haven't had a plotting conversation Mm-mm. in a while. I believe we were writing. We were busy writing. Yeah, that, this is true. But plotting conversations are fun because it, it, it was easier when we were doing it on, on IM because then all we had to do was copy and paste the conversation. Right. You know, and, yeah. Hey, do it. I need doing to, it I, this I, one I, means it's recorded. I need to, re- I, I need to reinstall that, that penguin thing. Because I'm yeah, boycotting Skype because Skype sucks. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's, called there's a, what's it called? Pigeon or um, there's this software. There's this too. software. Um, this penguin and it's got a little penguin on the. Um, mhm. It, it basically it drew together all the various IM instant messaging um, programs. That was great. It worked wonderful. We we could talk. Pigeon, and, and that's it. Pigeon. It's P I D G I N. I'm gonna find okay. it and put a. It's a universal chat client, and if you have any kind of chat client and you have an account with like MSN or Skype or Yahoo or AOL, um, IRC, MSN, Google, ICQ, uh, there's a whole bunch of them. It you they're mm-hmm. all in one thing. You can put all your IDs in them, and it will process the whole thing. Um, and, and then you was, can chat a, with your people. Mm-hmm. And it was a great middle Without night. using those crap ass. Because uh, I used to use MSN Messenger and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they forced us to go to Skype. Yep, and I didn't we love that. So, yeah, there it, there it is. I'm going to go ahead that's and download it. it. You know, I think that's the only reason I've got Skype. Was, yeah. Oh, I suppose we could do this on on Facebook on on their chat function, but yeah, whatever. Oh, is this, I oh, mean, um, what? I'm gonna. You're gonna have to hold the fort because I have to go pee. <laughs> I'm gonna put myself on. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna. I'm gonna mute myself since I'm not gonna take all of you, all 39 of you, to the un, 
that's people who are in the chat room. I have no idea how many live listeners I currently got, but I'm not going to take you guys into the um, into the um, yeah. Go ahead. Into the bathroom with me. I'll, Hold, I'll hold the fort. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Senna. Yes, I just got called mom in the chat room. Um, can you guys still hear me? I can't tell. So some of the the oh good. Um, <laughs> Oh, yes, Cinnamonian. There is no Wi-Fi in, in prison. You look horrible in orange, and, you know, you wouldn't get to do uh, interesting things to your husband. Don't go there. On to other news. Um, various tropes. The really fun thing for me is you don't always notice that you're using them um, until somebody points it out. And <laughs> it's... Um, I pretty consciously, I actually stuffed a couple in my my um, Harry Potter fix for this last rough trade because I decided to 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 play with it. And yeah, it's um, Shakespeare has lots of tropes, Chris. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think Shakespeare um, Shakespeare kind of sawed some of the obvious off, or not obvious, pardon me saw some of the camouflage off some of them because he was incredibly obvious on certain things. And it's, um, yeah, tropes are, they're a lot of fun. God, Twilight. Uh, Karen writes, in Twilight they had a ton of them, Bella equals helpless, clumsy, etc. It's, um, I've not read the Twilight books. I don't think I'll ever read the Twilight books, and I know I'm not going to read, uh, watch the movie movies. It's looking at that. I don't get. I don't get the 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 thrill of it. Um, but that one goes back to the you know the, the the traditional male lead being the oh so strong one, and the traditional female lead being the one who needs to be rescued. Um, how many? I wonder how many people. Do you guys remember Dudley Do Right and his his ability to to um, pick up? I, I don't remember what her name was off the, the tracks before she was run over by the the um, the train. Yes, that's that was the the tropes done for our, our Saturday morning cartoons. Penelope Pitstop, correct? Yes. Romance is is you know. I'm sorry, for me, romance is definitely not a stalker. You are so correct. It's um, it's something as simple as uh, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to my spouse on um, Skype, and he ordered me dinner. He's a thousand miles away. He ordered me dinner. That was romantic. You know, it's not, you know, having somebody going in and... That actually is kind of charming. Yes, it is, isn't it? It's, it's not having yeah. somebody talking in my house and saying, you know, hon, it's, it's, it's lovely meeting you. Your milk is out of date, and, you're, and, you know, you definitely need to get rid of that mystery meat in the back. And, you know, how are you doing today? That's not romantic. One of the, re- one of the reasons why I had Harry take the curse for Hermione and in, in, the, in the, the soulmate bond was that that's the kind of thing that he would do. He would make the sacrifice play. and mm-hmm. But also, I wanted her 
to rescue him. Mm-hmm. Because more often than not, in, um, in, in Harry Potter, he ends up being the one who saves the day, who, you know, yes. especially when it comes to these fics. And so I, I wanted her to be, okay, you know what? You're going to come right back down here <laughs> because we're not done. And she, she saves the day. She, mm-hmm. she performs this huge act of, of, of magic. When most of the people involved were willing to participate, but they really didn't believe she was going to do it. They weren't sure she was going to be able to, to accomplish this. They certainly wanted her to, and they were going to support her to do it. But they weren't um, they weren't confident of, of her ability to do it, and so she goes into this ritual knowing this. She knows, you know, that pretty much mm-hmm. everyone involved expects them both to die. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna, they're going to have this huge magical endeavor, um, and they don't anticipate their survival. The the, the 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 people around them don't anticipate her surviving this. Or, or bringing Harry back, and she, and she, you know, so I wanted her to have this moment where she comes into her magic and she accepts her place in the magical world, and she steps out she of that to... role where she's just a scholar, and she becomes mm-hmm. a warrior, and that's what I wanted for um for her for Hermione in that moment. I wanted her to own it. I wanted her to own her magic and own this situation that she was in and rescue her man and she totally did mm-hmm. you know more often than not uh, harry's the one doing the rescuing mm-hmm. you know um going in and looking at at that particular trope the, the stepping out of the um the assigned roles do you realize that that even though the powers that be really didn't want the whole thing that one uh, episode where uh, John got thrown into the future and and Rodney spent the rest of his life breaking physics so that way he could get him back. Yeah, that's the thing about Stargate. They fought so hard not to have <laughs> Jack and Daniel be together and have that mm-hmm. vibe that they had. They ended up separating the characters a lot mm-hmm. on the show. And so when they come into Stargate, they build this beautiful, amazing romance between um, John and Rodney. And even though they kept putting women in the middle of it, the writers couldn't help it either because you see it in the shrine. Because mm-hmm. when Rodney forgets everyone, even his own sister, he never forgot John. Nope. So even the writers on the show who were in the middle of throwing Rodney at Jennifer Keller still had to accept that of all the characters on the show that Rodney wouldn't forget John was the one. Mm -hmm. It actually breaks my heart, that part where David Hewlett is calling out for John, and oh my God. John, oh, it, it is terrible. I, I, I mean, I cried during the episode when they're watching the video, and he's crying out for, for John. Um, and then, of course, the episode where Rodney literally invents a new um, branch of physics and then waits in a holographic form for 50,000 years to save John. 
Yep. What is that noise? What is that terrible noise? That was that was me getting out of my chair and it kind of grinding funky. Don't worry about it. The, the, okay. Um, the thing with that is, you know, for, for Rodney, there was no thought about it. It wasn't something that he needed to contemplate long and hard before he could make that decision. There was no contemplating. This was what he was going to do. And if he had to break the world, well, you know, the world broke. And so that's just the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely had no fucks to give on that issue. There was not even a. There wasn't even an argument with himself of of what he was going to do. Of course, he was going to do this. (laughs) But it was like, what? No, no. This this isn't a decision I have to make. This decision was made already. It's done. I'm gonna go find (laughs) Shepard because everything was shit. I have somebody on hold. I think it. Go for it. Um. See. Um. I don't know who it is. Um, that's Karen, that's Kaz, that's you. That's me. You're on the air with Kira. Hello? I have the worst problem with my mute button. This is Jilly, sorry. (laughs) Hi, Jilly. I'm I'm too lazy to get to my computer today, so I have to listen on the phone. Aw, but at least you get to listen. And I did, and I, you know, and I, I slept through the first bit of this, but I even did research on tropes before this this show today, so I would <laughs> I have too tropes on the brain. I too took a nap. We've been talking about um, uh, talking about everything actually: Damn. the alpha omega, the aliens make them do it, um, the magical healing cock. Yes, the soulmates, the. Uh, uh, Time travel is, is is huge in Harry Potter. It's mm-hmm. a small factor foot in, and for, for Stargate especially. Uh, and yeah, the funny, I think the uh, funny thing about about tropes is that people can you can get really uptight when you tell them that you know if you use the word. Some people are fine with it, like they know they use tropes. It's almost impossible to avoid them because you know you think you aren't using any, and then you know you find you've used fifty. Because um, they can be teeny, they can be teeny tiny, you know. Um, there are little tiny tropes that sneak sneak in, like um, like you know, um, instant sedation. You know, it's a very tiny trope, but it's very common, especially in TV. Um, there's lots of tropes in, in the in the um, in the in the procedural crime dramas, and they're all tiny, and so they sneak into the fiction. And um, but people can get very uptight when you say, "Oh, I I love that you use this trope," and they go, "Trope? What? You mean I'm not using any tropes?" It's like, um, wow, you're just well, riddled with them, actually, and I don't mean it negatively. <laughs> the thing is, is that it it it's like there was a time period, um, especially among, among professional fiction writers, when if you said that somebody's work was plot-driven, they were horrified by you. How dare you think that my work is plot-driven? Really? Because you got to have a plot. You know? It's helpful. So it's like, well, it is. I mean, you don't got to, but if you actually want a story that makes sense, you need one. Just saying. Yeah. But also, you know, to be truthful, there are only about seven or eight stories to tell in the whole world. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're about seven or eight. It's not the story you're telling; it's how you're telling it. 
Exactly. And, you know, my I had some really strong aversion after a while to certain tropes. A big one that I have an aversion to for a long time was um, time travel. And it was like mm-hmm. I would just check right out when I would see time travel as part of the plot summary. I'm like not going Yeah, I'm there. exactly the opposite. But it. then I read, and so I put off for like, I don't know how long. It, I just read it. I don't know when you published it, but I just read it this past um, April. Um, was the first book of the War Mages trilogy mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. had time travel in it. I was like, I'm not reading that. <laughs> 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 and then once I started reading it, I mainlined it. It's like I couldn't put it down. And I got well, really I surly. That. I got really surly about the fact that I enjoyed the story. <laughs> <laughs> and I was damn you damn you I know I was bitching to a friend of mine about the fact that I enjoyed it because it had like three things in it that I don't usually like and um, so I'm bitching to a friend about wait, wait, it wait. Was, what were they um, fix it okay. so not just time travel but time travel for fix it fix which I started reading fix it fix since I read um, your, that story um, and then I was, it, it's not a trope, but it's a pairing. I wasn't a really big Harry Draco fan at the time. Mm. Mm. So um, you've got three things I don't really care for. And I am um, bitching to a friend of mine about the fact that I like this story. And she goes, you're awfully grumpy for having been well entertained. And I went, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did your friend like it? Huh? Did your friend like it? Oh, she, yeah. She resounded me about it. She's like, you got to read this story. <laughs> but, you know, I, I turned I turned her on to Birth of the Serpent King because she didn't read Harry Potter. And actually, mm-hmm. I didn't read it all that much before I read Birth of the Serpent King. It wasn't the first Harry Potter I read, but it was probably in the first 20 Harry Potter I read. And um, it was the first Harry Draco I read that um, that I liked. And so I, I had her read um, Birth of the Serpent King, which was her first Harry Potter, and then she just... So I popped your cherry and hers. Yes, yes. I love that. That amuses me. There, there's a thing on here, Steve Pringle mentions that um, in uh, it's the magical semen making a normal human pregnant. I've seen that one over in Torchwood. Or not Torchwood, um, Teen, uh, Teen Wolf. And frankly, I think I've seen it in Torchwood, too, with, with, um, with Captain Jack. Magic comb. Yes, I love it. <laughs> yes. So. Hmm. I there's a, there's there's a if anybody wants to read about some of the you know tropes of all different sizes, there's a uh, site called tvtropes.org, and um, oh god, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of tropes that they have and they give and a lot of times they give examples of where where you can find that kind of trope um and they have them they have them broken up by category um, by genre by narrative by media type by topic um and so on sometimes by geography it it sounds interestingly bad oh it's wonderful because i mean you could almost it's like trope shopping what do i want to include <laughs> I'll do this and I'll do that. We're gonna do this. Add a little that. bit. Let me throw that in. Oh, I was um, I was reading a Harry Hermione fic um, on the pit, and one of the things I absolutely hate are 
I enjoy the pairing of Harry and Hermione, obviously. It's, it's mm-hmm. actually my OTP for Harry Potter. I also like Harry and Draco. What I don't like is when our author inserts the relationship into canon mm-hmm. in such a way that they make you feel like you missed it, like like it was supposed to be there. But it wasn't. They manipulate, they, they try to insert, like, missing scenes from the original work. Like, oh, this is a missing scene from the original work. No. Don't do that. I hate that. And I hate you for doing that. I hate it. And I That's one of my hot where... buttons. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was say I agree oh. with you because one of my one of my hot buttons was <laughs> is people who tweak um, major stuff like that, like relationship or personality that's majorly changed, and then supposedly nothing in canon is any different. And that goes back to my that goes back to my main. Say with fan fiction, when you change something, that change must ripple out through your entire story. It will touch every single character in your story. If it doesn't, then you're not being genuine. And it will be obvious. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, you guys, shh. We have a stranger on the board. Shh. Okay. Okay. We're going to see who it is. You're on the air with Kira. I am not a stranger. (laughs) It's the Cinnaminion. Hello, baby. You know, ever since... so bad. uh, Ever since I um, heard Cinna's voice for the first time, whenever I'm on Facebook and she makes a comment, I like read it in her voice. I, I, I hear her voice in my head. <laughs> it's okay. I do the same thing with your stuff. But when you said that, I was just like tickled to death. I probably laughed <laughs> for like 20 minutes. I thought I was going to be sick. I was like, oh, this is hilarious. I'm not the only one. I can't find it. I was trying to find a link for the um, Dimensional Shift story so that I could make her read another one of your time travel Well, see, stories. I don't think that that actually counts as a time travel because he's yeah. not traveling. Yes, he's moving Taylor forward University. and back on the timeline. Remember, his his timeline, I thought he moved forward and back on the timeline a couple times. no. No, no. He's moving through the world, and he's actually, um, for every, um, time is real in the dimensional shift. And he's mm-hmm. been, he shifts for hundreds of hours. And mm-hmm. every hour resets, and he's on a different planet. That's why sometimes it's dinner time, and sometimes it's not. Because these days are going 24, you know, um, 24, yeah. just the way they're supposed to. So in dimensional shifts, he's not moving backwards and forwards through time. He's moving forward in time like he's supposed to at a normal rate, but he's moving from one planet to another, or one dimension to another. So okay. He's only shifting in dimension, but he's going forward in time. So he's actually aging a little bit. Ah, okay. That's a bit freaky, but okay. I it was fucking with physics, and that's what made me think of it. Yeah, I mean, because he's not, like, he's not in stasis. He's oh. moving forward, and magic is keeping him alive, and it's keeping him healthy, and, it's, and in one instance, it saves Dobby's life. But he's still, got, he's still moving forward intellectually, emotionally, and physically. He is, and and that's why... Um, if he hadn't had the protective magic of his mother, it would have driven him crazy. 
That's why no one else has ever done it, and, and that will come up. The ritual that, that, that Harry does is um, so complicated and so dangerous that people have been driven insane doing it. And the only reason that Harry wasn't driven insane through that process was because he had his mother's protective magic and Sirius's magic um, guiding him. He had the protective magic of his parents protecting him as he did this. Uh, because otherwise, if it was easy to do and easy to survive, he wouldn't be the only one. Yep. No. So I had to make Everybody it, I had to do it in such a way that he would, that it wasn't something that just anybody could do. That it had to be, number one, he had to be just in it. And number two, he had to be protected in it. Because if you think about the stress on a, um, on a mind, going through all those dimensions and moving through all the, and meeting all those people and seeing all that death and seeing all that strife and, and terribleness and being, you know, being assaulted the by these people trying to keep him, that, that would have driven him crazy. Mm-hmm. It should and have he did it hundreds crazy. of times. He did it hundreds of times. Yeah. So, anyways, what are the, you giggling about? The one, she's well, giggling about uh, the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Oh. Yes, I was giggling about a comment in chat. Sorry. Um, one one of my favorite parts was when um, he first got to meet his siblings. I was I was really sad when you didn't keep the third one. Oh yeah, I know, right? I, I was terrible. I was terrible. Because, Actually, my favorite I love scene. Her. Yeah, my favorite scene in that um, in that story is the one with Bane. And uh, when oh, I wrote it, I was oh, like, oh, my God, I Bane dies. Bane is the last surviving oh, magical right. on the planet that he goes to, and he gives Harry his magic, that's and he dies. Right. And there's actually too. some – there's actually some that, – that wasn't like – I wasn't stabbing you in the heart for no reason. That actually has um, uh, – there's a point to that. There's, yes, yeah. there's purpose. Thank yeah. you. There's purpose to Bane's death and Bane giving him his magic, and it will come back. You will see that again. It will come back because there will be a moment when Harry has to sacrifice the magic that Bane gave him. And um, so it actually has purpose. There, Most of the scenes when he's shifting aren't so much that they impact plot, was that they impacted character, and they they yeah. – they, but that is a plot point, so that will come back. And um, well, see, and typically, any any time that I've read something from you and you've made me cry, nine times out of ten, it's mattered later in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't really enjoy making you cry. I'm I'm not one of those writers sure who writes the story. <laughs> well, no. Here's the thing: I enjoy moving a reader and and making you have a response to whether yeah. it's laughing or, or – but I don't actually set out to write angst just for the, the hell of it. When I write something that's terrible or sad, it has to have purpose because I don't enjoy making myself cry. And I cried writing that scene, and I cried writing that scene for Stargate. And um, actually that's one of the reasons why I'm not honestly sure if I'm going to include it in the final version of um, Ring of Fire's final part because it was really painful to write the idea of Sebastian dying. So 
even I've, though I know I've thought about going yeah. back and reading it a couple of times, and I I can't bring myself to read it again. Honestly, I think it's, it should go in because it needs to. I go mean, in. it's, it it's beautiful and it's absolutely amazingly written, and I I love the way that you showcase that. It's a really defining moment for Patrick and John's relationship and how far they've come. So I kind of agree with Mom on that you should keep it just for that. Yeah. Because, I mean, that that is a huge defining moment for them because even when, you know, Patrick apologized to John and everything else, there is no way that John would have broke down in front of him like that at that point, even though they had reconciled. Yeah. Because, yeah, because when I went into the scene, my goal was to demonstrate how far they had come where, you know, because there's a scene early on in in, in what might have been where Patrick and John are talking and they're in a locker room and Patrick says, I don't know when you stopped being my My little boy. Yeah, I just My little boy and became this man. And and John says, you mean killer that that I am? And he said, no. I mean, the man that you are. And I wanted to kind of loop back to that scene where John isn't assuming the worst of Patrick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he's accepting the comfort that his father is offering, because his father has offered it before, but it was And John's aside. never accepted Right, so there was that circular moment in that where that was coming from, and so that was the place where I was coming from, but it was very painful to write. So it, it it was it was a painful thing to read as well because I mean yes I, I know that you write happy endings and I'm very well aware of the fact that the, there's going to be a happy ending in there but it doesn't mean that we're as, as we hit that point in the story that we're not just as invested and we're not just as um, confused especially because we don't have what happened beforehand all you know we we just know that something bad happened and so you know we're we're looking at it going um shit and it is totally it's it's a lovely piece of writing and i really i think it, it it's good and it needs to stay in because it definitely shows exactly how horrific what they went through um was and what they have, you know, what Earth came so close to sacrificing. Yeah, that they actually a child and a weapon. Because when at this yes. point, when when Earth gets to the point where they're willing to put a child in a weapon mm-hmm. and have him kill thousands of people, it it, it is literally an effort to save the planet. It is, mm-hmm. it, is yeah. it is nothing short of that. And I actually I actually foreshadowed this. In the series yes. early on, when I made it clear that the chair hadn't worked for anybody since John sat in it, and mm-hmm. it only works for John, and that's actually a uh, a um, a response from Atlantis. She's mad. John mm-hmm. actually hasn't sat in the chair since he came back to Earth, and he left Atlantis behind, and they didn't really know what Atlantis was. But keep in mind that what might have been is an AU of Lantean Legacy. So they just didn't leave Atlantis behind. They left Theseus behind, too. 
and they made the chair stop working because they want to talk to John, and they assume that John will eventually sit down in the chair. But what they get instead is Sebastian. Oh, and isn't so that going to go he, over? So, and, so I and knew all is, along that Sebastian was going to end up in the chair. I just didn't know how that was going to happen. So. Oh. I have so many questions now. <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> I'm just like, well, because I, I can't wait to read, like, Allie and Theseus' reaction to Sebastian. You can't tell me that they're not going to have a reaction to him. Allie's going to adore him. They're going to have a reaction. In fact, the reason that um, John appears above the planet when he does is because Allie and Theseus realize that the people on Earth are so desperate, they've put a child in the chair. They feel mm-hmm. Sebastian when he goes in the chair, and they're in um, hyperspace. And they respond by doing that wormhole drive thing that they did in the original in the in the, mm-hmm. in the series, and it burns out Atlantis. And uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if this is a spoiler or not, but it actually Probably. what what happens is that is that. Theseus is so focused on getting to Sebastian that he burns Allie out. And so for a long time, they're going to think that Allie was, uh, was killed because of the power no, that they had to well. use to do the wormhole. But like I said, I, I believe in happy endings, so that's not actually going to happen. But that's going to be a big sacrifice play for Theseus because Theseus is very attached to John, and that attachment has um, has consequences gr- gravitated to to Sebastian just because because Theseus has lost children. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so he sees Sebastian as you know something like his own child. So. That's the desperation that they have. So even though after this happens, they can't communicate with Atlantis anymore because Allie was the interface. So they don't know why Theseus did what he did until they get down to the planet. That's why John is so desperate in that moment when it opens up and he's practically begging Stargate Command to respond mm-hmm. because he knows something super fucked up has happened and Theseus can't tell him. Because Allie is nope. is is a part, gone, sort of. Yes. At that moment. So that's what happens. That's that's how they get there. That um, they're in hyperspace. They're weeks out from Earth. Theseus makes a huge sacrifice to come to Earth immediately, and it burns Allie out. And that's why John is so desperate when the scene opens. He's just then. That's why he's begging for. Um, Stargate to respond to respond. him because, yeah, because he's, he doesn't know what the fuck happened, but it had to be really bad for Theseus to have done what he did. So, mm-hmm. anyways, but let's go back to tropes. Ooh, I have somebody on the phone. I don't know, I don't know who it is. See, that's the thing that happens when you have a whole bunch of people on the phone and you go around and you're doing all these things and talking to all these people. Okay, you guys be shh. Okay. You're on the air with Kira. Greetings from down under. <gasps> Holy shit! <gasps> 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 <laughs> and the world goes 
Hello, Hello. 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 How are you calling? Hello, hello. I couldn't. I'm calling on Skype. I did Skype credit because I couldn't resist. <laughs> I had to make. I had to pitch myself to not scream, just so you know. <laughs> this is awesome. It's awesome to put a voice to your to your kinky um uh, suggestions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I sound like I'm 12, and and I'm going to start drifting into a southern accent without any trouble, but hey. What can <laughs> you I do say? sound terribly young, but then so do I. I know I do, you yes. know, but that kind of runs in my family. I have um, my mother, my sister, my cousin, and her two daughters, and her mother, we all sound the same. I mean, you really can't literally yeah. tell us apart. When, when we call somebody, they'll the be like, okay, what family. is this? So. Oh, T, if I did the dolphin squeal, I would burn out the speakers. Because <laughs> 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 I do squeal. <laughs> oh, this is lovely. Anyway. It's lovely hearing your voice. Oh, thank you, thank you. I now I'll be a little pointy follow-up is going to read in your voice. Yeah, yeah, I know it's terrible. That's gonna make beta so much more I'm, interesting. I'm like a dirty old lady. What can I say? I'm, I'm, I've got a filthy mind. It's part of my charm. You got a dirty old lady it. who sounds like a twelve-year-old. Now, when I get beta from her and I get comments like, you know, you could actually put some rimming right here. That's gonna be bad. Her favorite one is blowjob here. That'd be nice. Blowjob here. Is I think some fellatio at this spot would be fantastic. I couldn't resist the alliteration, <laughs> sorry. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yes, well. Come on, you've, been, you, you've had stuff to say. So say it. You can say it now instead of type it. Come on. I can say it? Okay, more sex. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> Let's talk about sex. And suddenly I'm reminded of I was actually ever. listening to that on um I was in the car, I had my nieces with me and I had this old C D in from when I was in college and it went straight from stroking stroking by Clarence Carter to that. And I'm thinking, Oh my god, I had this sex C D in my car. Oh my god, how did this happen? It's been in my car for decades. I don't know. You know. And um yeah. And there was um, I'll Make Love to You came on. And the best part is that all my my nieces were in the back seat. I had one in the front and two in the back. And they were singing the shit out of Madonna. We, we did, because um, I had to change the CD. We did like a uh, Material Girl. Yeah, we did Like a Virgin. Material Girl, Like a Virgin. I love it. And, I love um, it. We were going to do, uh, I had some Cindy Lauper, but they told me that they couldn't do that one because they didn't have towels to put on their head. <laughs> so I'm like, that's a requirement. And she said, yeah, that's a requirement. I'm like, okay, no Cindy Lauper. So there you go. Oh, well, my goodness. So we were talking sex about tropes. tropes. Let's talk sex, sex tropes. tropes. There's no oh. The little guy has to be the bottom. Yes. Ah, that's, a, that's, that's so annoying. One. Oh my god. Oh the my bottom god. has to be a girl. The bottom is is feminine. Shouldn't say no. Anyone? No yes. There's no such thing as Blair always ready for and if, and if Blair doesn't burst into tears at least once in your story, the whole fandom is gonna hate you. 
If you talk to any dominant woman of my acquaintance, if you tell them this story, they will just, like, first of all, fall on the ground laughing, and then they'll kick your face. (laughs) (laughs) Right in the teeth. So I'm reading the list of sex tropes, and one of the sex tropes that says, and I don't know what this means even, is uh, too kinky to torture is apparently a sex trope. What's that mean? Oh, I know what that means. Best it's way gross. to survive, thrive during torture is to get off on it. Oh, my God. It's, it's yeah. like, so, say it again, say it again. The best way to thrive during torture is to get off on it. Oh, gross. Yeah. Come on now. Gross. I mean, the, there are, and the, the list of now? sex Ew. tropes is very long at you. The list of sex tropes yeah. is quite long. Well, given that humans are kind of sex-driven, even if they don't want to think much about it, I am a masochist. I am mm-hmm. probably hardcore masochist, as McKay is, and ties to bind. I've never taken myself that far, but I probably could get there really easily with the right person. I'm just going to put that yes, out there. But, but That's horrible McKay what you just has- said. That's not quite what they mean, though, is the thing. Yeah, I know. And, that makes, and, and that's a corruption of masochism. It's a corruption. Yes, and as exactly. A, as a practicing sadist, I find it really distasteful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's that, too. Yeah, there's, there's also, frankly, um, the, the, the thought of actually having to, to reach for that part of yourself and, and to actually get through it. I mean, no, torture's not sexy. Okay. Well, I actually touch on this in in Beloved, the first part of my Criminal Minds AU. I have the excerpt up on um, my Evil Author Day. Um, Aaron mm-hmm. asks Spencer, because Spencer says he thinks he's his masochism is deviant, and Spencer and he's a little worried about it. And Aaron asks him, "Did you get off when the the guy was beating you and um, torturing you?" And Spencer was horrified. He said, "No, I didn't." He goes, "You don't have anything to worry about. You're not a deviant." <laughs> At least for their world, they're not a deviant. Now, I do realize that in reality, I am what some people consider sexually deviant. Because sadists and masochists are considered deviant. (laughs) For those of you... This is true. This is true. Oh, I have like a whole bunch of callers. Okay. Okay. I trust you guys. Okay. Okay, you guys, shh. I'm going to say to um, tune out because I'm calling long distance, but I will. I just okay. wanted to say hi, and I'll catch up with you guys, and I'll be on the blog. Okay. okay. Bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye, Chris. Here we go. Nope. You're, on the care with, you're on the air with Kira. Hello? 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 Area code eight six five. Wait, I know that already. <laughs> yes, Kaz. Kaz. <laughs> you can just keep me oh, on. Did you get? Okay. It's you, quiet right now. But you were. You had to hang up and call back, didn't you? No. Because it said you were only on hold for six minutes, and I put you on hold like an hour ago. <laughs> I I don't know. It's the magic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just enjoying the conversation, y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, there's a person. Okay, th- there she is. 
Okay, that's what was confusing because there was somebody on hold and they disappeared, so that's why I accidentally clicked your number. Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold. You can, you can pretend to do your job. Unless you want to stay, you can stay if you want. I want to stay. Okay, okay, okay. But shh, don't run off the new person. Okay. 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 You're on the air with Kira. Hello? Hello? Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Who is this in fandom? What's your fandom name? Uh, This is Artistic JV2. I'm the one that did that painting for you. Awesome. Yeah, I'm just calling in because I have really shitty internet right now, so. So you're using your phone to to, to listen to the show, not not the net? Yeah. (laughs) Well, artistic, I can say, whatever the art was, and I have to go look for it, I willing to bet I liked it. (laughs) It's the one of Theseus in Atlantis. Kara, where are you? Okay, I think when it's posted on Kara's site, it's VJ instead of JV. Hold on, Mom. I'm posting it now in the chat. Okay. okay. Sorry, guys. You said it's the Bye. one of Theseus and Allie? Yeah. The painting one? Me too. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Sorry, my headset went dead on me. If this thing is already fucking up, I'm gonna cuss an Amazon out. What did you get? (laughs) Um. Well, I have a headset that matches my. Well, no wonder because I put it on the chart, the charger, and it's not actually charging. So that could be part of the problem. Oh. Oh, I found your stuff, artistic. Oh, it's unplugged. That's why it wasn't charging. That's why it's been beeping at me. The damn thing wasn't charged up. It wasn't turned Kira, on. You're not allowed to, sitting there. Kira, you're not allowed to pull my stunts. Well, I did. <laughs> Shit happens. Uh-huh. Did I hear beeping? Yes, I heard beeping for an hour. I had no idea what it was, original Tempest. Kiss my butt. I told By the way, I, I love that artwork for Theseus and Allie. It's gorgeous. Yes. Yes, I saw that one. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And I was it's saying thank you when my headset died, so I don't know. <laughs> well, they're kind of like characters. I love them. So, I only got eight minutes left. I'm going to tell you guys a story about my nieces. We were in Walmart today, <laughs> or as my mother likes to say, the Walmart... Okay, we were in Walmart, and I told them they could all, they could each pick out a, a bottle of nail polish. So they're picking out their polishes, and they've got two or three picked out each, and they're you know trying to make a decision, and you know they're negotiating. Well, if you get the, this purple, then I'll get the pink, and then we can trade out every once in a while. You know, so they're negotiating, right? And um, this woman um, is is paying more attention to them than I think she should. So I'm I'm moving a little closer and um she comes I guess to realize that they're with me because she turns to me and says, You know, you shouldn't let them wear red. It's whorish. 
<gasps> oh, hell no. Are you did you go serious? Did you go I said the, the oldest one is, red? I was like, the oldest one is 10, you judgmental cunt. And the six-year-old <laughs> says, yeah, you judgmental cunt. <laughs> See, I don't care what anybody says when a little kid cusses. That is hilarious. It is. And it is. her face, oh my God. So my mom comes around the point, the corner, just as my youngest niece is saying this princess, I call her princess on my live journal, is saying this. She takes in the scene and without missing a beat says, Who's being a judgmental cunt? <laughs> and that's my mom for you right there Because afterwards she lectured off four of us But in the moment She was ba- she was all in Balls to the wall <laughs> uh, Seriously I think we're going to like make a shrine to your mother I do buy them Red polishes But I don't let them wear red to school You know they wear pinks mm-hmm. and purples to school, but red's an adult color, and I understand that. But I do let them have it. They they put it on their toes and stuff, and they wear it in the summertime because it's fun. Like, I painted their nails red, white, and blue for Fourth of July. Aw. Mm-hmm. What a hot mess that was. They have tiny, tiny nails. Do you have any idea how difficult it is to paint a five-year-old's nails? Yes. Yeah. She yeah, has, like... Is. She has like a third of the nail you've got if she, if you don't even have any kind of nail at all. Just like the, her nail bed is like a third of mine. It's tiny. It's huh. ridiculous. And worse, their nails are really oily. Oh. Mm-hmm. So the polish just slides right off. I used to have that problem with my oldest niece when she was younger. I would try to do up her face with makeup, and it was like her the makeup would not... Stay on her face and just like try right. to, uh, slide off. I'm like, yeah, you know, I washed her face and you know retried it. It just would not. Probably terrible, and I probably shouldn't do it, but I do. I have been um, been cleaning their nails with uh, nail polish remover before I paint them, so it kind of dries mm-hmm. them out. So they last about a week versus two or three days. If you use the stuff for strengthener in it, then it 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 doesn't hurt their nails though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I use a uh, a nail health base that I got from Sally's that has nutrients yeah. in it for their nails, and then I put the polish on top of that. I don't put polish on their naked nail. I always do a base coat for them. Um, that I don't even do for myself because I have fake nails. Well, I have gel nails, so my nails are. Um, I have natural nail with a gel overlay, so I don't have to do a base coat when I paint mine. I've only done fake nails once, and then uh, I think I had them on for about an hour before I was taking a pair of scissors and prying them off because they hurt so much. Are you serious? I don't know. You- yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I was ready to cry. I was in a business clerical class with a pair of scissors prying my nails off, and I don't know if it was because I used the wrong type of glue. I used super glue. That's oh, yeah, that's what that's the girl wrong type of glue. That's <laughs> oh, what yeah, did that's, it? That's bad. That's bad. Yeah, yeah, it was the glue, not, not the nails. Yeah. And next yeah, time you just get a wild idea that you might like to have some some nail work done, go to a professional. Mhm. Yeah. And don't go to one of those places that are cheap. The thing is, is when you go somewhere cheap, it is definitely a situation that you get what you pay for. And what was funny is I couldn't figure out how to, you know, dress myself with these long nails. I mean, I was like. 
How do I button up my pants? Tie my shoes? Oh my god! Well, I <laughs> links, but I haven't. Mine's all natural now. I started out with tips about a year ago, and I've been getting this um this this thin uh, liquid gel overlay for about a year. So um, it's a uh, it's does it change my natural nail now with a oh yeah. A thin well, gel. I don't think I can actually um, do fake nails um, at all because my old job at Crystals. I mean, the sanitizer that we used is, like, totally screwed up my nails. And it's got, like, air bubbles really bad underneath my nails. And they're, they rip easy as hell now. Well, you and, know, uh, you might actually be a good candidate for fake nails because what can happen is is um, my mom had a serious nail problem. And we started putting gel nails on her to protect her natural nail. And then when mm-hmm. we pulled the gel off, because we weren't using acrylics, because acrylics are actually kind of bad for your nails. I love them, but they're bad, um, and they're a lot cheaper than gel. Um, yeah. This isn't a powder gel. This is a liquid gel. So it goes kind of like on lava. You know, when they put it under the light, it gets a little hot because it's actually a liquid. Um, but it actually helped her nail problem because her nails weren't peeling off and um, getting bitten off or um, getting broken yeah. because she was had that protective layer of gel on top of them. So you might consider it, and they they could do a very active length, and that might help you um, recover your nails. Yeah, because um, on both my thumbs, about halfway down the nail, it's nothing but air. I mean, and they yeah. want to catch on something. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, I well, want to scream. That's actually that's actually nail separation, and you might want to see. Um, uh, you might want to go to who would I mean? I guess the same person that does your feet would do your fingernails, wouldn't they? Like a podiatrist? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I no you should you should talk to your doctor about that because nail separation can yeah. be dangerous. You can get infections and stuff in your nail bed, mm-hmm. and that's gross. Yeah, you have to be very careful. Yeah, with that. and I'm like meticulous about uh, keeping stuff out from underneath them and oh, everything yeah, because. Huh? Oh, I didn't hear that feet. last part. You would have to uh, be yeah. very careful about, yeah, about keeping yourself out of them. We're down to 56 seconds. I don't think we actually um, did the subject justice, but I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great evening. Look for our master post on the October challenge. I'm probably going to put it up pretty November soon. Challenge. And gonna, I'm going to do a November challenge. Um, I'm also going to do like a brainstorm um, post so you guys can be um, talking about the, the topic and the trope and, and, and what you're going to do with it and you know and just you know like a like a sounding board. We'll do a sounding board on Rough Trade. So, anyways, you guys have a good evening and a great weekend and look for my tweets tomorrow because me and Mom are going shopping. Oh, good <laughs> evening, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Shut up.
500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Bill Penny Mitsubishi during May Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win $5,000 with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit BillPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on approved credit, warranty valid through 10-year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details. 500 vehicles to sell. 500 ways to save. One month only at Bill Penny Mitsubishi during May Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win $5,000 with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit BillPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on approved credit, warranty valid through 10-year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details.